Hey everyone, it's Michelle and Elliot, and this is Spooky Shit. So this week we're going to be talking about justice killings. I'm going to start off by talking about the murder of Aku Yaduf. And then I am going to talk about Sarah Sands and the murder of Michael Plisteed. Warning. This episode may contain graphic details. Listener discretion is advised. All right. Before we even get into the how are you, should we first explain what we mean by justice killings? Basically, it's uh, I would describe it as murders that happen that you aren't really going to be sad about. Yeah, a little, a little vigilante-esque. <laughs> yeah. You'll see what we mean soon. More, more but... like they deserved it. Yeah. I don't know if we're allowed to straight say that, but like, wink, wink, <laughs> they had it coming. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so how are you, Elliot? How do you like that name? Not bad. Did you steal from Elliot Page? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> i was wondering as soon as i saw it i was like "Mm, i'm gonna wait to confront you till we're recording (laughs) it's a nice name though i like it it's a nice name that's a yeah it's a nice name but my family actually because we were getting stockings and then oh my god i thought you meant stockings like s-t-a-l-k oh no i was like someone's stalking you (laughs) no we were getting like stockings for christmas christmas stockings i misunderstood and well they're getting like ones with like our letters Uh uh-huh and so alaire's got like some white ones with like an a and then she got one with like a little paw for dante Oh, <laughs> and then she was like gonna get the B for me and then I was like no I was like I don't know yet like <laughs> hold on and I was like just Mr. Padilla yeah that's what I told her to do I was like just get the P for Padilla <laughs> and she's like OMG so she got it and then they were like you know what you should just Alaris was like you should just be Brady I'm gonna start calling you Brayden and you're gonna get used to it and then whatever and then yeah, so they all started have been calling me Brayden when they remember. When They've they been calling because <laughs> they still call me Brandy. But... Oh, I just say Bran. It just makes you sound like a Bran muffin, <laughs> raisin Bran. Yeah. So yeah, they've been like when they remember, they have been calling me Brayden a lot. It's kind of growing on me. <laughs> oh, are we still gonna be trying out names? You think, or are we just gonna? I think for now. I mean, you did choose Elliot for this episode. <laughs> So brain hasn't grown on you that much, clearly. I mean, it kind of has, but I don't know, you know? Okay, well, I need to get that fucking tourney out and, like, updated because <laughs> we're already so close to a winner, apparently. I didn't even know. I'll I know. that tomorrow. So there's basically telling everybody that my name is Brayden now. And literally, like, my sister and my mom both changed my contact name to Brayden. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. So they basically chose it for me. That's hilarious. And then I'm supposed to be calling you Elliot for the rest of the episode. <laughs> knowing this. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, I'll think about it more. But I mean, it. We haven't I even feel tried like... out all 21 names. I know. <laughs> I still have a whole ass list. That's but really actually, <laughs> actually, right now, before I chose Elliot, I was looking at my list. And like, now I'm like, you know, none of these like seem that interesting anymore. <laughs> <gasps> Whoa. 
I'll have to have you update me after we record so I can update the tourney because I guess some are being deleted already. Maybe I mean, on them. I don't know. Well, I mean, I feel like the only ones that the only other two that really like I still like a lot is Arlo and Milo. Yeah, those were actually two of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, those are like the only ones that I really like too. So I'm like, maybe for my <laughs> middle name. <laughs> yeah. I'm just trying to do the Eminem podcast. So <laughs> really hoping for Milo to win this. You're like, they chose Brayden. And I was like, why wouldn't they choose Milo? <laughs> they have it out for me. <laughs> I mean, like my mom was saying, it's kind of close enough, but different to my yeah. name. That it wouldn't it's, be that hard. It's a little mixed up and just some letters added, but it is very close. So I don't but know. We'll see. Do you like that it's close or do you not like that it's close though? I don't know. I feel I like never... some people want like something totally fucking different, you know? Yeah. I yeah. don't know. All right. Well, just let me know what to call you as we go. I guess I'll keep with Elliot this episode because that's what it <laughs> says on Zencaster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Elliot today. We'll see you about tomorrow. Tomorrow is a different day. Um, need to get this little tourney out. It's about to be done. <laughs> <laughs> But um, also, I just took my second shot of tea today. Oh, my God. How'd it go? So, it actually hurt this time. Oh, shit. No. <laughs> I was telling my mom that I think the first time it didn't hurt because I just had so much, like, adrenaline. I was going to say it was probably the adrenaline rush. <laughs> like, it did as, like, didn't hurt the first time. But this time, you know, I was more calm. and You just I, like, get hyped up every week before you do it. True. <laughs> But yeah, when I like shoved the needle in, I was like, ah, well, it actually hurt. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I felt it go in. I was like, ouch. Ew. The first, yeah, the first time you must have just been like psyched out of your mind to do yeah. it. I th- yeah, I'm pretty sure. Cause like I didn't, I like saw it go in and everything, but I didn't like feel it. Oh my God. But today yeah. I definitely felt like felt it. And I was like, oh, like it didn't right. hurt bad, but I was like, oh my it was God. It's like a normal <laughs> shot where you can actually feel the shot. Yeah. I know, we're like, this wasn't, like, torture, just to be clear. It's still, like, a shot. <laughs> it's just a shot. Yeah. I did it on purpose. Now. Would you... <laughs> what? I said I did it on purpose. You hurt your... Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought you wanted it to hurt on purpose. I no. was, like, weird, but okay, I'll just move on I from that. I did it on purpose. Yes. Uh, It was a testosterone shot. I just realized maybe we should specify if no one was mm. listening last week. We're just like, yeah, so I jabbed the needle into my leg. We're like, I'm not heroin, guys. Nope. <laughs> not heroin. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> well, that's cool. Anything else been happening? We recorded last week's episode two days ago, so I'm like, I don't have much to share, I know, so please, God, have stories, Elliot. Um... No, I was just going to say, I just uh, finished applying for FAFSA to go to Bellis Academy. When we will not be saying what days you're there because we've already said the name of the school. <laughs> well, you don't know which one I'm going to. You said the city last week. Oh, just kidding, man. <laughs> you were like, so I drove to Poway. This is the address. This is the time. <laughs> Oops. I'm like, damn, you're trying to get stockings this Christmas. I guess. <laughs> But yeah, I decided on that school just because I feel financially, yeah, I'm going to go in debt, but... You're going to go in debt anyway. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, because uh, the other school that I don't really offer 
I think I talked about it. I don't really offer financial aid. It'd be more oh, out yeah. of pocket. Yeah, you said that. And it's a lot out of pocket. Yeah, it's a, like a lot out of pocket. And I don't have a pocket right now. So <laughs> <laughs> I am going pocketless currently. Yes, I, I don't have a pocket. So I just thought, well, might as well go in debt for something I'm going to actually enjoy and can make money off of. Yeah. When do you find out like if you got approved for the FAFSA? I don't know. Oh, I don't know how long it takes. I was like, I don't oh. remember. Oh, but I mean, I literally just submitted it. So. Yeah, no. Before we were recording, <laughs> he was like, "Wait, I need to answer this question real quick." I'm and I was like, here. "Hold on, I'm I'm currently filling out my FAFSA." And I'm like, "Why'd you even enter the chat thing? <laughs> just watching I... you checking my email. Like, what are this is going?" <laughs> I was like, well, it was the last question that I was stuck on. And I did kind of help with the question. Yes, you did. Or at least I was like talking while you were doing it. <laughs> That's helpful. It is helpful. <laughs> but yeah. And you could, you said you could hopefully start the school next month, right? Yeah. Sometime next month. Bro. Society. So much shit is happening. Yeah. Yeah. I still don't know how I'm going to do it. How do you mean? Like, well. I mean, like, once I become a barber, I don't know if I want to, like, go work at someone's shop or... I think I might do it as, like, a side and still okay. have another job and just kind of, like... So you could build, like, a clientele? Yeah. That'd be a good build idea. Build a clientele and, like, just have extra money and pay off my loans. <laughs> and I'm like, you're getting all these loans. You're like, yeah, it'll just be a part-time gig. I'm like, for what? <laughs> No, I mean, I'll, I'll just, I think I'll lead into it being Okay, full-time. in the beginning, you mean? Yes. The way you were saying it was like forever, and I was like, wait, why oh. are you doing this? No. I think okay. eventually, like, it, it will be full-time, but I think I have to lead up to it. Oh, yeah. You can build up your little clientele, get a lot of people who are committed to going to you, and then be like, I'm full-time, motherfuckers, and then open up your own shop. Hell yeah. And With then I will mom. drive up there for you to shave the bottom of my head. <laughs> oh yeah is your mom gonna be going to it's mm-hmm. cosmetology school right yeah has she applied yet yeah she's actually like oh. all ready to go she's what? enrolled yeah oh my god she but... enrolled in everything well because i guess they have you do fafsa before you like actually apply for the school yeah but yeah she's already like enrolled in everything and she applied and i think she's set to start in december Look at you guys fucking changing your lives the next month. I know. Oh my god. I mean, it's crazy. what are you doing? <laughs> she is going to Palomar to do some classes that she needs before she goes to National University. Jesus. All right. I was joking how she wasn't doing anything, <laughs> but she's actually doing a lot. Yeah. Well, oh she's god, going to. You guys are all intimidating me. <laughs> she's going to National University to do a study to be an RN. Oh, yeah, you said that. But I guess there's a few classes that she needs. And even the, like, admissions guy was like, just go take them at a community college and then, like, come over here. That's or you can, He said that you could actually, like, do both. But, yeah. I guess the only thing she was telling me that's, like, frustrating is how I think she has to take, like, anatomy, like, 200. That sounds not fun. Which is, like, I don't think she cares about the class, but, like, you know, most schools, you have to take, like, the first one. You can't just jump. So she would have to take anatomy, like, 100 before the 200. Oh. So it's, like, an extra. Yeah. So she's, like, what the fuck? That sucks. 
But yeah, she has that in the works. You guys are fucking nutty. You're doing all this shit. I know. About time, though. I know. Uh, think of you from a year from now. Like, you're going to be done with barber school. You're going to be over a year on tea. Like, oh my god. She's crazy. <laughs> we'll probably she... see a ghost by then, too. Maybe. Like, at this rate. <laughs> I am just happy, like, we finally did it, you know? Because my mom's been talking about... She's always loved, like, her makeup. Always. Yeah. And she's always talked about, like, going back to school, but she just never did. It just, it was always a little something that came up. Um, mm-hmm. But recently, like, just this year, I mean, we've had a crazy-ass year, but. Yeah. So she just kind of was like, fuck it, like, I'm going for it. Like, she's just kind of over her work. I like how you getting laid off was somehow also the catalyst for your mom to be like, all right, I'm quitting my job and going back to school. <laughs> well, she's not quitting. <laughs> Okay, well, eventually she'll be quitting. <laughs> well, true, true, true. I was th- after I said it to you, I was like, "Wait, how is she gonna pay for bills?" <laughs> no, yeah, she's work. We actually probably won't see her much because she's gonna be working from six thirty in the morning to I think four four thirty, mm-hmm. and then she's gonna have class from five to ten p.m. Oh my god, that's gonna be exhausting. Yes. Does she have class five days a week? Um, yeah. Oh. And, and then, she's gonna enjoy those weekends. That's for sure. For sure. But, I mean, <laughs> her work schedule right now, and she says it's gonna stay the same, is she's only working four days. Oh, that's nice at least. Yeah. Okay, good. Well, because, yeah, there's still ten-hour shifts. Oh, six yeah. Six to four. I've always liked that, the idea of that more. Four days mm-hmm. for slightly longer hours. I've also yeah, always liked the idea of not having to work and just <laughs> hanging out. <laughs> True. But yeah, that, that's been her schedule. She doesn't work Fridays and she works, I think right now, yeah, I think it's 10. 10 or 12? No, 10. Okay. That's Holidays. pretty cool. That's yeah. a nice schedule. Yep. I would like to apologize to anyone if you hear snorting noises in the background i am dog sitting my sister's dog and he snores like really <laughs> loud he's cute though i've decided i want to adopt him and sheree said i have to fight her to the death so i'm gonna be murdering sheree pretty soon <laughs> sheesh she just yeah. got married now it's even more tragic <laughs> they'll just blame chris because he'll get all the life insurance <laughs> and i'll get chunk he is a cute dog. I'm just dog, kidding. Though. Nobody sue me or something or think I'm a murderer. But yeah, we've watched him. He's been here five nights. Every night I've been sending a Snapchat to you and Leah of him on the couch with his little blanket on saying what day it is. Last night I sent it and then we went to our room. We looked up and Chunk was just standing in the doorway staring at us. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? And he came and he tried to sleep in our bed and it was so cute and his little butt was right in my face. So I was kind of scared to get pink eye. I covered it up. And uh, then... He was snoring so loud, like so loud. <laughs> so he laid there for like 10 minutes and then I was like, Chunk, I'm sorry. And I made him go back to the living room. And I took him <laughs> to his little bed and put a blanket on him. And I was like, oh, I'm breaking my own heart right now. Like, why am I doing this? <laughs> he just snores so loud. <laughs> Robert doesn't snore? If he does, it's not as loud as this French bulldog. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Robert was awake too. We both kept moving. And he was like, he has a long little body when he stretches it out. He had like 
his back legs were stretched out. I called him his little frog legs because he has like little frog legs. <laughs> <laughs> they were like up next to me and he was on my side of the bed. So I was like on the edge of the bed. But I was like, it's okay as long as Chunk's comfortable. But then like it stopped being okay whenever I <laughs> was there for like 10 minutes. And I was like, I don't know if this is going to work. So <laughs> he's probably upset with me because I moved him. But I put a little blanket on him. Tucked him in his little bed. He's been sleeping on our couch, and last night he slept in his bed for the first time. Wow. Yeah. Because his bed was, like, next to our window, and I think he didn't like it. So then I moved it over closer to our door, and he liked it there. Maybe he feels close to us. Oh, Mm. that makes me sad to say that. Oh, my God. (laughs) I don't know. But, yeah, he's cute. I think we're going to watch him again tonight. I'm supposed to hand him off to my sister, Leah, but she texted me last night. She's like, I'm working till 7.45, and I was like, Okay, so I think that's a no. <laughs> She's just going to say that every day. Like, I'm working. I can't. <laughs> I'm busy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I love him and I want him so bad. I want a dog. But you want mine? Is just your dog kidding. crazy? What's your I definition of crazy? Is he potty trained? I need to know that first. Yes. Okay, well, that's not too crazy. If you pet him and he gets excited, does he start peeing everywhere? Yes. No, that's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) What if humans did that? They just get too excited and start pissing their pants. That's the only thing about him. But, like, he's, like, potty trained, but just it's the only when he gets really excited. But then he'll just twinkle a little bit, and then we're like, go outside, and he stops, and he runs to the door. Because he's like, ah, ah. <laughs> and it's funny because sometimes when he gets excited, he runs straight to the door because he's like, let me out before I beat the house. He knows. That's so cute. So he I does know. Dog. I know. Um, so actually, when we know like people are coming over, we put a diaper on him because we're like. Stop a dog yeah. diaper? Yeah. Why haven't I not seen a picture of this? Next time, send me a picture. <laughs> okay, I will. Um, oh God, I'm so excited to tell Robert about that once we're all done. <laughs> Other than that, he's like the best dog. Oh, he's not a big cuddler, but he loves being um, like pet and stuff. Pet, yeah. Like he loves attention. I I feel like none of the dogs I've been hanging out with lately are cuddlers, and I'm like, just let me love you. <laughs> I mean, he'll cuddle with you, like he'll kind of lay on you if you're like constantly petting him. Yeah, but, he needs the attention to yes, get cuddles. Exactly. <laughs> the only thing that sucks is just he's big, so when he tries to get comfortable, he'll be like fucking like pawing you and yep. and it hurts because I'm like, damn fool, you're like you're heavy as fuck. Even small dogs when they're trying to get comfortable hurt. Like my older sister had a it was like a poodle mix. I don't know. She's cute though. But I swear to God, so many times I was like laying on her and she stood up to walk away and she would stand right on the center of my boob. And I swear I could feel all parts of her paws like shooting through my body. And I was like, oh, my God, Damn. it's so painful. It does. It does hurt. It really it really does. Um, but other than that, he's a cool dog. He's <laughs> he's definitely a character. He's a German <laughs> Shepherd, right? Yeah. Oh, we think he, he's half German Shepherd and half Australian Shepherd. Oh, I didn't know he's Australian Shepherd, too. Mm. So is he like a little herder? Yeah. Oh, that's so cute. Well, we think his mom was mixed with something else, too, though. But she, oh. was, she was Australian Shepherd, and then his dad was German Shepherd. Okay. He's like full-on Shepherd. Mm-hmm. He I looks mean, like it, besides the floppy ears. 
the floppy ears. That's coming from that third breed that you guys don't know. <laughs> well, his mom had floppy ears too. Aww. Yeah. I want a floppy ear dog. Why should we have dogs here? You down to babysit him? I don't know when, but would you? Maybe. You down to drive him half an hour over here? Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> Maybe we could have Robert babysit him because, by the way, I'm mad at you. Because I asked if Unilers wanted to go to the Whaley house this oh, weekend. Oh, that's right. I forgot. You guys were like, oh, yeah, maybe. Never said anything again. Fake ass bitches. Uh, <laughs> you didn't remind me. I you need said reminders. That you might have plans. I wasn't trying to intrude on them. Did you have plans? No. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't do shit yesterday. You answered it so quickly, too. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we just. What we, I don't even remember what we did. We. You don't stayed, even remember what oh, you did? And I was just sitting here crying for 12 hours. I don't... What did we do? We woke up late. We had breakfast. We chilled on the couch. We oh showered. God. You're making me feel worse. You didn't we, do shit. <laughs> we got ready. We chilled. Oh, I took notes. <laughs> That's something at least. That makes me feel a little better. Yeah, it spent like an hour and something. An hour, two hours, like, doing notes. And then my mom left to go get beer. <laughs> and then she came back. And then we went to go get pizza after I finished taking notes. Oh, my God. It's, like, already nighttime, isn't it? Yeah. And we then... seen a ghost by then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was already, like, six or almost seven. Jesus. And then we ate and... Just hung out and watched 60 days in. Now, it would have been worse if you were like, oh, ugh, my mom really wanted to go to the Whaley house. So we actually drove by your apartment and went inside. <laughs> that would have been more hurtful. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. To be honest, I totally forgot. I was actually busy all day yesterday. But I still wanted to go <laughs> and be irresponsible. But <laughs> I just wanted to be a little dumb. It happens. It's fine. I feel it. I feel it. Maybe in a couple weeks. So, Whaley House, we talked about a fucking while back. It might have been in our creepy San Diego episode. But it's mm -hmm. a old-ass house in San Diego that is supposedly haunted. And it's been closed for so long, and now it's finally open again. And it's only like $13 to go during the day. I'm not going at the nighttime tour, at least not yet. I am not brave enough. <laughs> I think Robert would not let me. He's so afraid of me. I don't even know if he believes in ghosts, but he's afraid of me bringing something back if I go places. <laughs> It's like you go during the day. It's <laughs> only active at night. Everyone knows that. Yeah, big facts. What if we saw one? Mm. What if we saw as a ghost? We 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 shouldn't tell them. We could only tell the podcast. Yes, because then Robert will never know. Scared chickens. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, no, I can never tell. Alaris would be scared. You think? Yep. Yeah. She'll be like, oh, fuck no. <laughs> oh, fuck no. And then <laughs> after we go, we'll just be like, Alaris, don't listen to the podcast this week. You don't want to know what happens. <laughs> I know. It's so funny because he's like saying how he's scared of me bringing back stuff. And I was like looking how to not bring back ghosts. I don't know. It's like I believe in ghosts, but then I also feel ridiculous like looking stuff up like that. <laughs> and people were like, oh, like use these kinds of crystals for like good energy. And I was like telling Robert, I was like, I could get like this crystal bracelet. And he was like, that's so ridiculous. And I'm like, you're afraid I'm going to bring back a ghost, but you think that the crystals are ridiculous? <laughs> <laughs> I 
I think it's so funny the things that we choose to believe in versus the things that we're like, oh, that's so weird. Because I True. also felt ridiculous looking up crystals, but I was genuinely like, but what about the ghosts? Like, they might come back to me. <laughs> True. We, uh, we pick and choose what we want to believe in, I guess. <laughs> yeah, hopefully we do that soon. I've never gone anywhere haunted before. I want to. I was trying to remember if I have, but. Oh, you went to that one town. You oh, yeah. You know it was haunted. <laughs> Until the ghost later. town. Yeah. In Arizona. Jerome, was it? Oh, yeah, it was Jerome. Jerome, Arizona. Yep. That, you, it wait, was you didn't even fucking know it was haunted. <laughs> no, I didn't. Well, I heard about the hotel. My aunt was, like, telling us stories. Yeah. But I didn't know that it was, like, more places were haunted. Uh, literally the entire town, basically. Yeah, basically. The this whole is fucking... from our episode on ghost towns, by the way. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it was so crazy to, like, think about the theater Oh yeah. that I literally went and, like, had no clue, and then I came back and did research on it. You're like, it's haunted as shit. I was like, oh my god, I was literally in there and I bought a turtle. <laughs> you bought a turtle? There's not, probably a well, ghost in your turtle. <laughs> it's not a real-life turtle, it's, like, a Can little... you imagine going to a movie theater in a ghost <laughs> town and buying a real-life turtle? <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird black market pet True. life <laughs> yeah whenever um it was like Sheree's wedding we were staying at an airbnb with two of her friends and they were telling us how they stayed at a hotel before that it like wasn't advertised anywhere that it was haunted but they said they had like some freaky incidents they both had like separate incidents so the woman was saying that and it feels weird calling them the woman and the man i don't want to say their <laughs> names though because i didn't ask if i could share this story but she was saying that, like, in the middle of the night, she was having, like, sleep paralysis, basically, and was having, like, really awful dreams and stuff. And then the guy was saying that he, like, woke up in the middle of the night, and the TV was on, and it just turned to static, and it was just, like, playing white noise. And whenever he woke up again in the morning, it was just back to normal. And I think he, maybe both of them, woke up because they heard the sound of somebody turning their doorknob. <laughs> oh. Yeah. And they heard people, like, outside the room, too. And I was joking. And I was like, that's when you call the front desk to complain. And they're like, you're the only ones on that floor. <laughs> um, yeah. That's okay. a note for me. <laughs> yeah. I want to stay. It's like I want to go to a haunted hotel. I don't want to sleep there. I want to go and stay up and then go stay in a different hotel to go back to sleep. <laughs> 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 Too sketchy. <laughs> Smart, though. Yeah, we'll have to do that sometime whenever that Teespring money starts rolling in. I forget that we have merch. I need to start advertising that more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forget we have that too. Yeah, oh yeah, well, how much do we need like to get beanies and hats? Bro, I don't know. So on Teespring, they're annoying as shit. They're like, oh my god, we have like these premium products. Like they're like beanies and all the stuff that we want. And they're like, you can't unlock this till you reach a certain amount of, like, sales. And I'm like, okay, how many sales? And they're like, we're not going to tell you. <laughs> wow. So I just, like, go and look every once in a while. And I'm like, can, can we do it yet? And they're like, no. It doesn't specify. I don't know if you have to be, like, a huge store. But it's, like, kind of annoying. <laughs> would it I be thought we'd have it unlocked by now. Would it be cheaper on a different site? Potentially. Like I should look up other sites. We should. We are going to be doing another uh, Black Friday sale. We did one last year as well. 
I should look and see because I do I like this stuff like their clothes are actually really comfortable what I've bought but it's really annoying that we can't do like hats and stuff because I think those would be more popular than shirts mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like looking at their website now and I'm like do I have beanies available yet but I don't see any there's like... a beach towel <laughs> <laughs> oh we could do a bucket hat that's what we could do now mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool, but... But no beanies and no regular hats, which is what we would wear. Yeah, I would definitely wear the shit out of that. Oh, yeah. I need to look it up. I was wearing my spooky shit sweatshirt last night whenever I was streaming, and I wanted to keep it just and be like, you guys like scary stories? <laughs> <laughs> I just thought about how we could design the hat, too. Oh, my God, how? So, like, right over the brim, put mm-hmm. the our logo. Of course. And then on the back... Like, over... Well, if it's a snapback, mm-hmm. well, or a dad hat, but, like, you know, over the little hole. Oh, Just yeah. kind of write, like, like let's get spooky or something. Stop it. Oh, my God. I'm going to look this up right now so I don't forget. <laughs> uh, custom hats. All right, cool. I'll just keep yeah. that tab open. Or what if we just um, make them ourselves? I don't know where to begin <laughs> with that. <laughs> They'd have to be made yeah. to order too, in case like, in case we're hyping up these designs, and it turns out we're the only ones who want it. <laughs> <laughs> True, uh, we're like made to order could take up to four months to receive. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we got sidetracked hardcore. A little bit. Uh, you you have anything else to share? No. Okay. Well, my story is not the longest, but. It's insane, and I would like to give an additional trigger warning for lots of mentions of rape and also violence against women and children. He was not a cool dude. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to be talking about the death of the home invader, serial murderer, and serial rapist, Aku Yaduv. Aku Yaduv, whose birth name was Bahart Kalicharan, was born in India in either 1971 or 1972. Whenever we're talking about bad people and I can't find a lot of information about where they're born and stuff, uh, it's the opposite whenever it's victims. I feel happy and I'm like, good. No one even knows when you're born, asshole. <laughs> we don't even care. We don't even give a shit. <laughs> so, yeah, like I said, I don't know that much about his life, but I do know that he grew up in the Kastraba Nagar slum outside of the city of Nagpur, and he had two brothers. Also, I am not Indian, so I googled how to say all of these <laughs> names and stuff before we started streaming, but I might not be pronouncing it the best, and some of them I could not find pronunciations of, so bear with me, please, and sorry if I'm messing it up. <laughs> the slum he lived in was said to house some criminals and two rival kings, which may have influenced his later turn to criminal activities. In a book called Killing Justice, Vigilantism in Nagpur, the author wrote that, by all accounts, a child of the neighborhood, Aku had graduated from Milkman's son to local menace. It's believed that the first crime Aku partook in was a gang rape in 1991, when he was around 18 to 20 years old. This began a long, violent streak of crime that included robberies, home invasions, assaults, intimidation, extortion, kidnapping, rape, and murder. While Aku may have started out as more of a small-time violent criminal, he eventually turned into what one author described as the king of the slum. 
He basically ruled his own gang of criminals, and together they controlled Kastaba Nagar and terrorized the people unfortunate to live there for 12 years. His main source of income was money that he gained from extorting locals, usually by means of threats of violence. One woman who ran a small grocery shop with her husband claimed that Aku harassed them for years, sometimes demanding money from them, other times stealing items or paying significantly less than they were worth. If they weren't able to give him money, he would become violent. Another victim of his extortion was an elderly man named Hasharand Course. Hasharand made a small amount of money by playing an instrument and was brutally beaten by Aku because he was unable to pay him 100 rupees. According to what I read, rape is, like, very stigmatized in India, and it's, like, at least at the time, and it seems that there were a lot of victim-blaming, like, going on when someone was raped, if they'd, like, be open about it. So, knowing this, and knowing that leaving behind bodies may be inconvenient, Aku began to rape people into silence. Rapes by Aku became so commonplace that some people alleged that if you looked around the neighborhood, you would find one of his victims in every other house. Sheesh. It's believed that he had over 40 victims, the youngest being a 10-year-old girl. Of course, some families moved away from the area, like an estimated 25 did this, but for a lot of families, they simply couldn't afford to move, so they're pretty much stuck there to live in fear. Most would stay indoors when Aku was around, and even keep their daughters out of school and locked up at home so nobody would see them. Unfortunately, this didn't always work, as he was known to invade homes at any time of the day. He'd break in, sometimes steal a motorcycle, a phone, or money, and have his gang members beat up anyone who tried to resist. One early morning, around 4 to 5 a.m., a woman and her husband were awoken to the sound of someone banging on their door, claiming to be the police. The husband opened the door and was immediately stabbed in the thigh by Aku, who proceeded to lock him in a bathroom. With the man locked away, Aku dragged the woman by her hair into another room, where he raped her and held her for four hours before releasing her. Yeah, the trigger warning was very serious. Like, I I have a few more specific incidents to mention, but it's it's like really fucking bad. I almost didn't talk about him, but the ending is good. Just wait. Hmm. Okay, I believe you. <laughs> During another attack, Aku and his associates dragged a seventh month pregnant. I'm so sorry, everyone. Seven month pregnant woman from her home and stripped her before gang raping her by the road in public view. One woman named Kalma was another victim of a coup. She had just given birth 10 days prior when she was gang raped by him and his gang. Following her attack, Kalma felt so ashamed because of the stigma of being a rape survivor that she committed suicide by setting herself on fire, leaving her newborn motherless. Oh. It was reported that once a coup had raped another unnamed woman immediately after her wedding, he was known to order his men to drag girls, some as young as 12, to empty buildings so he could gang rape them. He basically would do this to keep people under control. Like, he would keep them quiet, and then this way, like, the men in their family wouldn't go and, like, try to stop him or anything, because he would just mm -hmm. threaten to do it again. Try to be a hero. Yeah, exactly. He's like, all right, well, if you try to do that, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and, like, rape your daughter or your wife. And there was such a stigma in reporting it that, like, he knew that rather than like, go and report people would just feel ashamed. Like, Kalma, like I said, like, literally killed herself because of the shame that she felt from it. It was just, like, humiliation to keep people complacent. Complacent. Mm -hmm. 
On another incident, he stripped a man naked, burned him with cigarettes, and forced him to dance in front of his teenage daughter. So, obviously using fear of rape and assaults attacked it to keep the neighborhood under his thumb, who was also known to be a serial killer. One of his victims was a woman named Ashabai, who was killed in front of her 16-year-old granddaughter. The granddaughter claims that they had been eating dinner when a coup came to the front door and pretended to be a friend of the girl's brother. When Asha went to open the door, she was dragged outside and stabbed. He then went on to cut off the woman's ears and fingers to get her jewelry that he wasn't able to get off. Asho Bagat was another victim of a coup. Asho had been brought into public in front of her family and like several neighbors, where she was tortured by having her breast cut off. Aku then went on to slice the rest of her body up, resulting in her death. Only one... Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm sorry. That's okay. (laughs) Only one neighbor named Avinash Tivari planned to report this torture and murder, but he too was killed by Aku in retaliation before he could. According to neighbors, he killed another three people whose remains he left on railroad tracks. A paranoid person, Aku was very worried that people were plotting against him. Because of this, he wouldn't allow people to gather and talk, even, like, literally breaking up games between children for fear that they may be, like, talking or asking questions about him. In order to keep his suspicions under control, he made a point to threaten people with rape to keep them from reporting him to police or talking amongst each other. But I'm not sure why he was so worried about being reported to police, as he actually had them on his side. Apparently, Aku had been bribing police with money and alcohol to ignore his crimes, and in return they would dismiss any reports against him and tell him of anyone that had tried to make a report so that he'd be able to go after them. I read some, like, pretty awful stories about women who did go to police, and they were either, like, turned away or blamed, or in one case even worse. So, one woman reported her rape and was accused of having an affair with Aku, and several others were told that they were raped because they were loose women and deserved it. According to an article I read, one woman reported being gang-raped by Aku and his associates and was in turn gang-raped by the police themselves. It's like shocking, man. It's fucking shocking. In January of 2004, Aku was banned from entering Nagpur City, but this did not stop him, and he com- and he continued to commit his crimes there. In late July of that same year, Aku had just finished raping a 13-year-old girl, and I don't know, was feeling confident, so he went to go demand some money from a woman named Ratna Dungari. Him and his gang trashed Ratna's house, smashing her furniture and threatening to murder her family. After this attack, her neighbor, Usha Narayam, arrived and encouraged Ratna to go to the police, but she didn't want to. So Usha herself was in a place of, like, relative privilege in the neighborhood. She and her siblings had left to go, like, get their education, and they'd all graduated from university, which was pretty rare in this poverty-stricken Katsura Nagar. She had already moved and had, like, a job in place, and she just happened to be visiting family at this time. So as a result of their education, the Narayan family was pretty much left alone by Aku and his gang because they were, I mean, they were still living in poverty, of course, but they were like more respected in the community because they had gotten their education and stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. So they were left alone, that is, until Usha went to police and filed a complaint on Ratna's behalf, not realizing that the police were immediately going to go and tell Aku what she had done. Furious at her for trying to get him arrested, Aku and 40 of his gang members showed up outside of Usha's home and began to surround it. 
Haku, with a bottle of acid in hand, told Usha that he wouldn't do anything if she just withdrew her complaint, but she refused and barricaded herself in the home to stay safe. She even called police and was assured that they'd arrive soon to help her, but they never did. Now getting even more angry, Aku began to bang on the door and threaten Usha, saying, I'll throw acid on your face and you won't be in a position to file any more complaints. If we ever meet you, you don't know what we'll do to you. Gang rape is nothing. You can't imagine what we'll do to you. Usha held her ground and shouted back insults as Aku continued to describe how he would rape and murder her. He and his gang tried to break down the door, but in retaliation, which this is my favorite thing, Usha turned on a gas cylinder used for cooking and grabbed a match. She told them that if they broke into her house, she was going to light the match, killing herself and taking them with her. And they actually smelled the gas, so they peaced out. They were like, all right, we're not going to call this bluff. It's like <laughs> badass, but also so depressing that she had to do that. <laughs> True. But like awesome of her. I know that she actually did that. Like, holy shit. That's like a smart thing to think of, too, to get them to go away. Yeah, true. Emboldened by Usha's actions, angry neighbors began to gather on the streets and plan to go after Aku. The crowd began to pick up stones and use them to hurl at Aku's associates. On August 6, 2004, Aku's victims and angry neighbors marched through the slum and burned down his house. Now fearing for his life, Aku went to the police for protection the next day and allowed himself to be arrested to stay safe. They actually recommended this to protect him. <laughs> like, bro, what? <laughs> like, the police weren't just dealing with like his crimes and like pushing under the rug they were like actively fucking supporting him mm -hmm. the day after his arrest aku was to appear in court and 500 residents of the slum had gone to watch as he was arriving some in the crowd noticed an associate of aku trying to hand him knives that were wrapped in a blanket the police apparently didn't notice but when several people began to protest the accomplice too was arrested in return aku threatened to return to the neighborhood and teach every woman a lesson the following day, while being taken before the court, Aku was attacked by a large group of people, but was able to get away. So I think at this point, he still had not gone in for his court hearing, because every time <laughs> some shit happens. <laughs> so a bail hearing had been scheduled for Aku on August 13, 2004, and word began to spread that he was going to be released. Police had been planning on keeping him until everybody had calmed down, then they were going to let him go. And I, like, truly wonder how long they thought it was going to take for everyone to calm down after being raped themselves and their family members being raped. Like, did you think it was just me a couple days? And they were like, ah, it's fine, let them out. <laughs> Stupid. The courthouse was miles away from the slum, but still nearly 200 women marched there together, carrying with them vegetable knives and chili powder. When Aku walked into the courtroom, he seemed confident and, like, really just didn't give a shit why he was there. Even upon seeing one of his victims, like a woman that he had raped, he apparently mocked her, calling her a prostitute and saying that he was going to rape her again, which caused the police to start laughing. The woman, in reaction, threw her shoe at Aku, telling him that she would have to kill him or he would kill her, as we both can't live on this earth together. It's you or me. Sheesh. Following this one simple action, the hundreds of women there began to attack Aku as well. They threw chili powder into the eyes of him and the police guarding him, who ran oh. away, terrified and overwhelmed. <laughs> I'd run away too. I know, right? You're on your own, man. <laughs> I'd be like, sorry, shouldn't have been a rapist. It's unclear what exactly followed next, but in the ongoing struggle, Aku was hit in the face with stones, stabbed at least 70 times, and had his penis cut off. 
While being attacked, Aku reportedly yelled, Forgive me, I won't do it again. But these women had had enough. Some reports claim that the women passed knives around the room, each agreeing to stab him at least once. Within 15 minutes, 32-year-old Aku was dead. The women claimed that the murder wasn't planned, and one was quoted as saying, We didn't have any formal meetings, but it spread by word of mouth that we had to take united action. Another was quoted saying, It was not calculated. It was not a case that we all sat down and calmly planned what would happen. It was an emotional outburst. The woman decided that, if necessary, they'd go to prison, but that, the, but that this man could never come back and terrorize them. I just got, like, chills reading that. <laughs> As for the police, they claim that the killing was done by only four men with sharp weapons and that the group of women was attempting to protect them. And I don't know how the stories can be so inconsistent that it was either four men or 200 women. <laughs> and I'm like, um, didn't the police run because they got chili powder thrown in their faces like yeah. little bitches? So okay. S- you don't even know what the fuck happened. At the time of his death, Aku had been arrested around 14 times, but the only notable jail time was in 1999 when he was detained for a year. After killing Aku, the women returned back to their neighborhood to tell their husbands and fathers that they'd killed the rapist murderer, and families began to literally dance in the streets in celebration, and just, like, they all had, like, food and stuff. It was, like, a fucking party because this dude was dead. Hell yeah. I know, right? (laughs) Five women, including the granddaughter of Asha Bai, the woman who was murdered, were arrested for Aku's murder, but later released when the city as a whole began to protest their arrests. All of the women in the slum claimed responsibility for the killing, saying that no one person could take the blame. If anyone was to be arrested, they all were. I just got chills again. God, (laughs) I love these people. (laughs) One retired high court judge publicly supported the women, saying, In the circumstances they underwent, they were left with no alternative but to finish a coup. The women repeatedly pleaded with police for their security, but the police failed to protect them. Like, literally getting the public support of a fucking judge being like, they had no other option. Yeah. <laughs> I see nothing wrong. I know. <laughs> Despite this, Usha Narayan, who I mentioned earlier, it was her uh, defiant stance against Aku that led to him being in police custody, was arrested for the murder two weeks later, despite the fact that she was not even at the courthouse that day. She had been back home attempting to collect signatures for a mass complaint against Aku. She believed that she was just a scapegoat, especially because she'd been so outspoken in her criticisms of the police. And it took almost 10 years, and it wasn't until 2012 that she was finally acquitted of her charges. And everyone, all the other women who had been arrested since then were also finally released due to the lack of evidence. Damn. So it was kind of unfortunate because, like I said, Usha had, like, so much going for her in life. Like, she graduated college, she had a job set up and stuff, and Mm -hmm. then because she stopped a rapist from, like, attacking her, her life got kind of derailed. I mean, like, I, I'm sure she doesn't regret it. But, like, she is, as of 2014, in a video I watched, she is still living in the slums. Wow. And in the end, no single person was ever actually charged with the murder of Aku Yaduf. Good. <laughs> yes. That see, is my story. I see nothing wrong. <laughs> I see nothing wrong either. I was seeing pictures. There's like a dude covered with blood all over his shirt. And like, I guess that one of Aku's victims was like a family member of him. And I'm like, good for you, dude. <laughs> I would have got in on that too. Holy shit. <laughs> if I was there. Yeah. I see nothing wrong. Because the police wrong. weren't going to fucking do shit. I see justice. 
I know. I found out about this because I was looking at vigilante killings and I was thought like 200 women and I was like, what? So I had to read more, obviously. <laughs> You're like, how the fuck? How? And I read it and I was like, I support this. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Depressing in the beginning, but justice was served in its own way. <laughs> Hell yeah. He never went to jail for more than a year, but he was killed. <laughs> <laughs> I am ready for your story. Cool. Mine's not that long either. Okay. But. Probably yeah, just as crazy, I'm sure. <laughs> a little bit. I'm going to talk about Sarah Sands first. Oh, yeah, that was another thing. I couldn't really talk about the victims because there was like. So many. An unnumbered <laughs> amount of them. And like saying at least 40. That's like, I think that's 40 who admitted to it. And like I said, like there's the mm. stigma and the shame around it. Like. I wonder how many people there really were that just never said anything. That's so true. Oh, it's fucking scary to think about. Is that your dog? No, it's the neighbors. It's the uh, husky. <laughs> He's like, rawr, rawr, rawr. That's Actually, so funny. let me close the window. Sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. good call. <laughs> yeah. Usually when he starts, he doesn't stop. <laughs> well, because I don't know if you've seen those TikTok videos. Hmm. Of, like, huskies. How they whine all day? Yeah, or just how they're crazy. Like, they have really bad separation anxiety. Aww. Like, I've seen videos of, like, this dog. Or, like, the owner came home. And his dog literally, like, had broken, like, out of his cage. The metal one. Oh, like, he was convinced he was being abandoned, probably. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Um, But, like, he literally, like busted open the damn crate and he like demolished his like living room and i've heard that they are very vocal is mostly what i've heard yeah that too very vocal and then once they start going like they just keep going they don't stop they're just talking i wonder what they're trying to say they're like i hate it here actually i like fucking it asshole. Oh. why you take me outside is that? just kidding I let me you. in I love <laughs> and then the I other ones <laughs> And the other one is like, Sh- fucking shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Little huskos, so cute. They are cute. They're fluffy. I know. I like talkative dogs, actually. I think they're hilarious. I'm like, what <laughs> are you saying, bro? <laughs> no, it is funny. Like, Dante, because German Shepherds are usually known for being pretty vocal, too. Aww. Um, Dante isn't that vocal, but he does, like, get in his mood sometimes, and he'll just, like, look at us and be like, woof. Like he won't actually like bark or nothing. He'll literally like do like a mini bark and just be like woof. He has to let you know he's in a shitty mood. Yeah, because like we'll be like chilling on the couch and he likes to play with his toys near the couch. Mm-hmm. But then he'll like push it under, and then he can't reach it. So he'll like literally stand and stare at us. <laughs> and like he's like, we'll- go get my fucking toy. No, like literally, like I'll stare at him back, and I'm like, what? And then, like, he just stares at me, and then I, like, go back to paying t- attention to the TV, and he'll be like, <laughs> and I'm like, bruh. And I then, love that so much. Like, it's so funny, though. Like, he'll deadass just be like, <laughs> and then we're like, stop being a little brat. We're like, stop. And then he's like, <laughs> I love that so much. That's the kind of dog I want. Just, like, a weird little attitude. <laughs> yeah, he has so much attitude. We're That's like, hilarious. dude. 
Yo, relax. We told you not to play by the couch because your toys always go under the couch and you never listen. And here he is. And then he gets all mad and then he goes to his bed and then he's like, <sighs> <laughs> like dead ass. He does a big old sigh. And we're like, like a little toddler or something. Yeah. How funny. And we're like, dude, really? That's dramatic. So funny. I need some more dramatic dogs in my life. That's all I want. Just a bunch of dramatic ass dogs and then like cuddly cats. It's my dream. True. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways. So Sarah Sands was a 33 year old mom of five kids. I think she was single because I didn't find anything about a husband or. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's just they didn't mention any guy. So. Okay. Maybe single mom. Yeah. Um, She lived in a flat. In North Woolwich, which North London, Landon, London. <laughs> Did I say Landon? It kind of glitched at the same time, but I heard North Landon. Oh, well, it was North London. <laughs> okay, we'll see the truth whenever I go. That's <laughs> funny. You say London, and I'm just like Landon. <laughs> <laughs> um. So she made international headlines after brutally stabbing her elderly neighbor. 77-year-old Michael Pleasted. Damn. And as you can know from the title of this episode, you know, you ain't gonna (laughs) feel that bad. Especially after my story, I'm sure you could tell kind of where this is going. Yeah. So in late 2014, Michael had been arrested and charged for sexually abusing two boys and was being investigated for an assault of a third boy. Oh my gosh. Sarah was surprised, to say the least. Um, The pair had actually become quite close. She kind of, like, would hear the, like, rumors about him, basically, and she took pity on him. Mm-hmm. And, like, she enjoyed the chats they had together. They, like, would share cups of tea, or, like, she would invite him over for dinner so they would have home-cooked meals together. Oh, my God. Um, She basically, like, saw him as, like, a good role model. In the community. It sounds like she treated him like family. Basically, almost. But yeah, so when Michael offered her son, Bradley, a job at the community center where he worked, she thought it would be a good opportunity. Oh, man. That was until Bradley abruptly quit his job and became moody. And then shortly after Bradley had quit um, Michael was arrested for those assault oh charges. God. And after, like, it came out, you know, that he was arrested and stuff, Sarah, like, obviously asked her son, and her son was like, no, like, nothing happened to me. Mm-hmm. And then on November 28th, 2014, um, Sarah states, I found him pulling out his hair, rocking, shaking, and crying. I felt sick and heartbroken. So he basically broke down and confessed to his mom that he was also abused. And he was, like, just, like, distraught, obviously. And he was, like, mm-hmm. I read in one article that he was just, like, I'm so sorry. I should have said something sooner. Like, oh I wanted God. to. I wanted to, but, like, I couldn't. And then, obviously, as a mom, it's the last thing you want to hear. Yeah. And so, yeah, she was obviously really distraught and... She immediately called the police, and they just suggested that she move. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> yes. 
So Bro, she she actually throw did some chili powder in their faces. <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> well, she she ended up moving. She took her kids and went to stay with her mother. Okay. And then, meanwhile, Michael had been um, released on bail and was allowed to return to his home, what? which overlooked a school and a playground. What? Yes. Bro. Exactly. Oh, uh, you're you're only going to get a little mad before you get like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Sarah was just obviously distraught from the news that her son was also a victim. Mm-hmm. And she ended up dealing with it by drinking two bottles of wine by herself oh (laughs) and then she uh, took a taxi to go back to her flat um because basically she wanted to confront michael and she said her intention was to like basically plead with him so he would confess so the um to save her son and the other boys from having to testify at trial and like relive their experiences Mm -hmm. basically so, yeah, she says that she stopped at her flat and grabbed a 12-inch kitchen knife. Thank <laughs> girl. Just, you know, for protection, because... I know, I'm like, ooh, my kind of conversation with the person. <laughs> <laughs> Just for fun, let me get my knife. <laughs> um, But, yeah, she said that she basically went to his door and, like, pleaded with him, like, you know, like, Think about the boys, like, please, you know, just don't make it hard. Um, But I guess instead of showing any remorse, he just responded with a sly smirk. (sighs) As they do. And he basically was like, nah, like, they're lying and they're just trying to ruin my life. Bro. (laughs) I mean, I wouldn't expect him to try and save these boys from reliving their experiences when he's the one who made them experience it in the first place. Mm Mm-hmm. But fucking piece of shit, dude. What asshole? Yeah. But yeah, so I guess he tried to lunge at her because they were in her apartment, in his apartment, and yeah. I guess he tried to lunge at her. Um, because I don't think she she was showing the knife. Like it was, she had a hoodie mm-hmm. on and she had it in her pocket, and like I guess he tried to lunge at her to like push her out, and she said that she just lost it and started yeah. stabbing him. <laughs> I'm not mad. That's for sure. <laughs> um, she stabbed him eight times. Oh shit, damn girl. Yeah, and then she was just still distraught, and she ended up leaving. And um, Michael had crawled into the hallway of his flat and died in a pool of his own blood. Good. Riddance. I I'm not sure how true this is, but I, I read in one article that she had actually gone. To see her stepson, mm-hmm. and basically confessed to him, and like was oh. like, "Oh my god, I like stabbed him!" And then like, she was just like freaking out, like obviously, yeah, of course, like the emotions, yeah, emotions were high. It and doesn't then, sound like she actually planned it at all. No, yeah, like she, maybe it's in the back of her mind, but doesn't seem like she yeah. knew she was gonna do this. Yeah. She definitely was just distraught on emotions, and so. I read in one article that she supposedly did that, but I'm not sure how accurate it is. Yeah, of course. But she did um, end up turning herself in to, to the police. More than Michael ever did. Yeah. <laughs> um. So she turned herself in and was basically like, while they were interviewing her, she was like, I took care of him. I stabbed him. <laughs> Damn. 
But yeah, and then she actually learned from police that he was indeed, like, he did die. So, because she didn't know, like, after she left from stabbing him, like, she was still alive when she left. Yeah, she, he died, like, from his injuries, but, like, after she left. Jesus. But yeah, sadly, it wasn't until after her trial that she learned just how horrible of a person Michael was. Oh, no. Um, He had abused countless children over almost three decades. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, his record began in 1970. And he was killed in 2014? Yeah. Bro. How many years is that? Let me, let me That's 44. Oh. What the fuck? Wait, his record began, so people knew he was a sex offender? Well, the, you're gonna get see. to it. <laughs> There's one thing I know. Elliot's gonna get to it. <laughs> Damn, so I just did some math and he like started offending when he was like in his 20s. Ew. Creep. Nasty. So, yeah. Over the span of almost 30 years, Michael Pleasted, then known as Robin Mout. <gasps> um, That's not his real name. <laughs> well, he lingually changed it. Okay. To get um, away from his record? Yeah. Oh, okay. Literally. That's like... <laughs> so, as Robin Mount, he was uh, convicted 24 times for various child sex offenses. What the fuck? Yep. Can't but, we look up, like, their name? Can't you see, like, their old name? Are these files just somehow not connected at all? I think you can, but you have to, like, go into a certain database. So you have to, like, know to look for it. Yeah. Okay, because I was like, Which it's is like, not like he was a brand crazy. new person. All you have to do is just be like, oh, he legally changed it. There's literally files of this. Yeah. And I think it's just crazy that it was so easy for him to change his name and like not have to register to like a sex offender list. Yeah, what's that about? I don't know. But because he changed his name, he was able to basically start over and um, <sighs> disappear from police's radar. Didn't sound like he was really on it that much, anyway. (laughs) True. Um, So, yeah, with the new identity, he had no obligation to disclose his past to anyone, and he he settled in the late 1990s, basically where he was living, where he died. Okay. Um, And his job at the community center gave him authority and respect, as well as access to impressionable young boys who he groomed and abused. That's so sad. Very... Um, leading up to his murder, there was definitely like concerns. Uh, in 2012, a concerned local actually reported Michael's unusually close relationship with the boy. Oh. And social workers did go interview the child and his family, but a complaint was was it made? So nothing. I mean, he's being groomed. He would, yeah, probably not complain. He wouldn't understand what the fuck's happening. Yeah, he'd think that's normal, and then in a few years, he'd be like, "Oh fuck." Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, nothing came of that, and then I guess a total of three, three more calls until 2014 were made. Oh my gosh. Um. But none raised any red flags for police. Because I guess they they didn't check the na- it's called or the national database. Well, I'm assuming I think we should have some pay for the police because I'm assuming that they were blind. If you missed this, <laughs> you know that that or can't be try very hard. <laughs> but yeah, so in 2014 he had been arrested and charged, and then 
we find out that the third boy that they were investigating were at mm-hmm. was actually Sarah's son. Oh. Um, I guess police they interviewed Bradley because they knew how close he was to Michael. Yeah. And he he was he confided in police that he was also abused. Oh, but before he, he told his mom? Yeah. So he confided Aww. in police and then told his mom, like, not for another few weeks. Aw, that's so sad. Yeah. And the uh, murder case made global headlines because many were split on whether the killing was <laughs> justified or inexcusable. I know, I'm like, technically we shouldn't take it into our own hands, but I'm not going to say I'm mad at you. Yeah, okay. <laughs> if you ask me, that's was justified <laughs> that's just especially because he got away with abusing so many kids for so many mm-hmm. years like how do we know police weren't just about to fuck this up exactly and i, I did read in an article that she was like like they actually like quoted her and she was just saying how you know she was like that was not my intention like mm-hmm. i just like lost it i lost control and she was like but I don't regret it. She's like, I was at least. Ask if she regrets it. <laughs> no, she doesn't. She's like, I'm just glad that he can't hurt any more kids, and like mm-hmm. it's over, basically. Good. And then she did get time. Uh, Nicholas yeah. Cook, the presiding judge, described the certain circumstances as unique. Um, yes, he- I agree. <laughs> <laughs> so he believed that she just lost control. That she didn't like plan to do it yeah it wasn't premeditated yeah and he said this was a case in which the defendant promptly gave herself up to police in a highly stressed state never disputed responsibility for the killing as a matter of fact did not take the opportunity to get rid of evidence and demonstrated remorse yeah she was very open about it as <laughs> soon as it happened yeah she said, you were a parent placed under enormous pressure who lost control, taking these matters into consideration, but acknowledging that there must be a limit on mercy when the life is, has been taken. I reduced the sentence upon you to one of three and a half years imprisonment. Not too bad. Yeah, so he basically was like, I have to sentence you for the offense of manslaughter, the unlawful taking of another's life, but not murder. So yeah, she was only sentenced to three and a half years in prison. I've never been so happy to hear about somebody (laughs) knocking charge with murder and only going to prison for three and a half years. Right? Usually this is case for an outrage. Now we're like, hell yeah. Well, maybe you will get a little mad because... Oh no. um, They did. uh, her, Her sentence was actually later found to be unduly lenient. Oh... So, she had been sentenced in 2015, and her case was appealed in 2016, and they basically resentenced her, um, and it was, like, about double. So, they sentenced her to seven and a half years. That's stupid. But Sarah only ended up serving just four years before she was released on parole. Yeah, I was like, I doubt she's even going to have to serve it all anyway, (laughs) what's the point? (laughs) So, yeah, she says... um, she now lives in Essex with her children and is writing a book. Good. I will read this book. I know. I don't think it's out yet, but that's just kind of like the latest update. Oh, yeah. I would read this shit for sure. Yeah, I think her kid, uh, I don't think, I think I forgot to mention it, but he was 12. 
Oh my god, yeah. that's younger than I thought even. Yeah, he was young. That's so sad. That's how old my little brother is. Huh? Yeah. My sister's ten. Ugh. Why are people gross? But yeah, I think he's like nineteen now. Mm-hmm. And now he has his mom back in his life, so that's good. Yeah. Does he I mean, I don't know if you'd know this, but did he like still have an okay relationship with his mom or was he like upset with her for doing this and going to jail because i could see their perspective of a kid maybe being mad and being like now you're gonna have to go away for years you know mm. i wonder i mean if she is writing a book she'll probably talk about that yeah i mean that the in the article i was like reading there was a picture of them like not too long ago okay good and they're I'm like glad. he's like hugging her and smiling so i would assume Aww. everything's okay okay good i'm glad <laughs> Because I don't think he would blame his mom. Oh, yeah. I was just thinking more if, since he's a kid, he could be like, why'd you just get yourself locked up? <laughs> True. But she did it. Yeah, for him and for other kids. I don't know. I kind of like this lady. She saved those kids. Yeah, I'm just going to say it. I like this woman. Sand- Sarah Sands. Nice. Sarah it Sands. Was- Sarah Sands. It was funny because. When I was trying to look up more about her, mm-hmm. I guess there's like some other like famous journalist that oh. that has the same name, so she kept coming up, and I'm like, no, I w- I, w- I had to put Sarah Sands like murder. <laughs> I hate whenever I have to do that. I have to do stuff like that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, damn, that's fucking funny. But yeah, I like that our stories. I feel like this is like a weird reset in the podcast where the endings of these stories were like laughing i mean (laughs) we sound evil but we're laughing because people die it's like it's like a little reset though usually we end it with like and it was extremely sad and it sucked i'm I'm sorry and i'm sorry and now we're like and thank you to these people (laughs) (laughs) we're like yay you guys are my heroes I like the stories. I like <laughs> this theme, actually. <laughs> yeah, whenever we were first talking about themes and you said justice killings, I thought you'd been like honor killings, which is a very different thing. So I was like, oh, okay. I mean, we probably will do that someday, too. <laughs> True. But I was like, no, I mean, like, like you know, like a parent killing a pedophile that abused yeah. their kid. I wanted to name it this, but I think that might be too controversial to say justified killings. And I was like, nah, I think if we said that, we might get some shit. But I like, mean, we could do justifiable homicide. Like, there are cases. Do you but... think people would get a little heated if we named the episode that, though? Well, the, not this one, but I'm just Oh, a different one? A different one. Which is actually going to be the same cases again. <laughs> nah, we're, we're going to talk about other badass cases. I know. The similar ones. (laughs) Like, because I wanted to talk about her, and then there's also this dad that actually killed the man that abused... I forget if it was his son or daughter, but, like, in Russia? No. Oh, I read something about the guy in Russia that did it, too. But he killed him on national TV. (gasps) Oh, my God. I think I saw a little bit about that whenever I was doing my research. Yeah, I think it was his son. But he literally waited in the airport... Was like this guy's talking on the payphone. I think he was talking to his brother or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then he said, "Like, you're about to hear a gunshot or some shit." And he turned around because they were like escorting him in the airport, uh-huh. and he turned around and shot him. 
holy shit. There's <laughs> definitely another story I want to tell. <laughs> yeah. I was reading one about, like, this dude in Russia that he found out, like, one of his best friends was abusing his daughter. And he killed him. And I was like, oof. That's gonna... I was gonna read that one, but then I chose this one and I was like, I'm definitely gonna save that Russian one for later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> More yeah. names I'm gonna have to Google. Russian and Indian, both are very hard for me to pronounce. <laughs> but I do my best. <laughs> I think Russian's harder. I think that was why the Indian story won. True. Yeah, that it's not our longest episode. Sorry, everyone, but it's a it's a podcast cleanse. Now we're ending with justice in these stories. Yes. I mean, the beginnings were fucking awful, obviously, but then they got killed. <laughs> then it was okay. Yeah, and we're not sociopaths, okay? It's already God, we're not sociopaths. <laughs> Well, it's just so crazy to me how he was, like, he did serve time, but they were all small. Like, I think the max he spent was, like, six years. They were, he, I he think was they, arrested, like, several times, right? Yeah, and he was convicted 24 times. Literally dozens of times, and no one was like, hey, guys, I think he might do this again. Right? Like, <laughs> you think you're on the 22nd, they might notice a trend. All of his sentences were, I think they said, three months to six years. Bro, they fucking hate children. They weren't helping nobody. He was 77. He was so old to be doing it, too. Like, you wouldn't expect. That's why she probably, like, took pity on him. She's like, oh, he's just a weird old man that people are starting rumors about. I think so, because she she described him as, like, a cheery old man. Like, he was just a lonely next-door neighbor. Cheery because he was getting to work with children. He was a pedophile. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Well, good for her. And good for the 200 women that uh, killed the yeah. rapist in India. Fuck, Fuck yeah. You. Some gang gang shit. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, did you have anything else to add? Elliot? Um, no. Oh, okay. You looked like you were going to say something. Yeah. <laughs> Well, if anyone of you would like to email us anything at all, our email is thespookyshit.pod at gmail.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are spookyshit underscore pod and our website is spookyshit-pod.com. We are, like I said, going to be having a Black Friday sale soon, so be sure to check out our social media. I will be posting about that. And yeah, I think that's all. But thank you all for listening and catch you on the flippity flip, Brett. Sorry. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye.